And so when we pray asking God to do something that we can't see, I want to show you the answer to prayer. Does that sound good? So this is an interesting answer to prayer this morning. Been praying for the Lord to, to fill the stage. I seriously feel like crying when I see this. This was given to us. There's a, a brand new saxophone. There are, there is a ukulele. There's actually two of them. There are mics and mic stands. There's the bongos, if that's what you call that. There are tablet holders. There are lights for stands. Look at these stands, these brand new stands that we've been given. Microphone. Oh, no, 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 no. Anyway, I wanted everyone to see this because when you begin to pray, even when you can't see what God's doing, he's already answering. And I want you to see this answer that's here before we see the stage full already in preparation God has already been giving us and I want all the kids to be aware of the goodness of God in our midst this was free church given to us and I just want us to say thank you Lord so can we just say thanks kids can we say thanks because I want you to know something there's recorders and there's I mean there's this I don't even know where that is, but it's an instrument that you blow in and play with your hands like a piano thing. I, what, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff here. And so, can you just say thank you, Lord? Lord, we are. We're just saying thank you for your goodness and your mercy. And that you are at work even when we don't see it. That you're providing in outstanding, unbelievable ways. And Lord, our hearts are overflowing with gratitude. God, that you had just the right connections to give this to us. And we're just, we're thanking you for the rest, Lord. For all the answers to prayer. For everything that you're doing. And we say yes and amen to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you ready for children's church? Well, we just bless you for all the different classes that you're headed to. May you know him and meet him and see him in ways you've never seen him before. And may he touch your hearts in a fabulous way in Jesus' name. Amen. God is so good. Wow. It's going to be cool unwrapping all that, isn't it? So last week, I, I did a message called Seen from the, Living from the Unseen. If you were here, I hope you appreciated it. We talked about how God has created us as people. 
with spirit. We are spirit. That our spirit is more real than our physical body and that our spirit lives forever. Even though our body does not, our spirit lives forever. And when you allow the, the reality of who you are in the spirit to rule in the situations you encounter, it will change your perspective and it will change your life. That reality looks far different from the physical reality. It's, it's amazing what God will do. And our key verse was this, 2 Corinthians 4.18. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at things which are not seen, For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And it's interesting how God moves and works because he brought me to a biblical character for this this morning. That from his life we're going to see three keys to living from the unseen. Does that sound good? And even if you're terribly familiar with the story, let God speak to you. And I'm just going to ask him to speak through me right now. So, Lord, I just come before you. And I lean into your anointing. And I thank you that you're speaking through me. And you're speaking to us all. By the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So the character that we're going to look at is David, a very familiar character. You know, the boy who killed the giant. Everybody know who I'm talking about now? And his story reveals several keys about living from the unseen. You see, David saw things different from everybody else around him. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. Did you, have you read in the Psalms, like he wrote maybe half the Psalms? And you see his hunger for God, how he longed after him. He said, I long for him like a century longs for dawn. That man standing waiting for his turn to be over and the morning to come. It says he longs for God. He said he longed for God like a deer pants after a water brook when it's dry. That's how he longed for God. And out of his longing for God, he moved into a realm, the unseen realm, and he touched Areas that actually weren't even meant for his day and time. It's amazing how God moved in his life. And so the story in the Bible with David starts when he was a boy. And what we know about him at that point is that he took care of his dad's sheep. That's it. That's what we know. And so the first key to living from the unseen is this. That, that God showed me from David's life is that when we weigh, we look at people, and you're always looking at people, right? People watching. You're looking at people. When you look at people, when you weigh into who they are, you must see who they are in the spirit man rather than in the physical man. You have to see who they are. You see that, remember that physical person is only the house that shell that, that, shell that really houses who you really are. You may have physical limitations. I know I do. But my spirit does not. Your spirit man does not have limitations. And and that's incredible. And I want you to see this in David's life. Do you guys all remember being picked for a team? 
you know, the fastest got picked, and then the most popular got picked, and then the cutest got picked, and, and then I got picked, you know, down the line, all of those. I'm come with great news for you, incredible news. God doesn't pick us from our outside. He doesn't look at our physical abilities. He doesn't look at how smart we are. He doesn't look at how beautiful we are. He looks at who we are in the heart. He looks at our spirit part. And so in our story, there's a man named Samuel. And he was the priest of the day of Israel. And he had anointed a man named King Saul as king. And through time had passed, and King Saul had not been obedient to God. Over and over, he had not been obedient to God. And God told Samuel to go anoint one of Jesse's sons in Bethlehem as the new king. That was a scary thing to do. He thought, how can I do that? The king will find out and get me. And he says, go and have a celebration. So he goes to Bethlehem. Isn't it interesting that Bethlehem, the place of Jesus' birth, is the place where David was in the fields worshiping. Don't you love that? I love that. Anyway, so he goes to Bethlehem. And Jesse's like very concerned. And he says, I, I have something for, your, for, for you. So get your family together. And so they come together. And the boys, the first one, he says, bring your sons. And, and he had eight children. Eight sons. And the first one comes. And Samuel takes a look at him and he goes, whoa, this is him. This has got to be him. Look at his stature. Look at his height. Look at, look how beautiful he is. This surely, this surely is the anointed one. That's what he said. That phrase, this surely is the anointed one, really struck me. Because so often we look at how people perform on the physical realm. And we say, this surely is one of God's. This surely. We we pick them because of what we see with the outside, the physical man. And yet, God said to him, nope, that's not him. And the next one comes and he says, no, that's not him either. And the next one, and the next one, and I'm sure Samuel's wondering what in the world, because seven boys go by him and none of them, God says, it's not him. And God had told him to go to Bethlehem to one of Jesse's sons. And so here he was and all seven had gone by and God had said, no. And he says, well, Do you have any other children? Oh, oh yeah, we have one more boy. He's he's out taking care of the sheep. He said, we're going to wait for our celebration. Bring him here. And at the time of this happening, Bible scholars tell us that David was somewhere between 10 and 15 years old. Okay? And so they brought him. And... When God, the thing that we see in this story is what God spoke to Samuel after the boys passed before David came before him. And it's in 1 Samuel 16, 7, and it says, The Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or his height, for I've rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, 
but the Lord looks at the heart. And so you see how all of those boys went by and they weren't the one God picked because God was looking at the heart. You see, sometimes we don't take the time to discover who's within. We just see the outside, what they look like. And we, we pass them by or we reject them or we embrace them. We, ever, we look at the outside and not the heart. And sometimes we miss out on what people are carrying some of the most powerful people in the kingdom of God come in very unique packages. Unusual. And God is saying, he looks at the heart. Your spirit man, your inside. And so if you're going to live by the unseen, you can't go by what you see in the physical. You have to look at people's hearts. And it gives you great hope for your future in God because you don't have to be the most talented. You don't have to be the most gifted. You don't have to be the most beautiful. You don't have to know everything because God looks at your heart. He looks at your heart. And that's what he did with David. He looked at his heart. And he he looked at the hidden beauty inside of this young boy. And he said, this is the one. This is the one he picked. And I'm telling you, church, his eyes are roaming to and fro throughout the earth. And he's looking at you. And he's going, this is the one. I see the hidden beauty. I pick you. I pick you. I pick you. He sees the heart. And we must begin to see one another from a different perspective, too. Maybe living in the person you encounter today is a servant of the living God who was anointed for greatness. Is that possible? Maybe you're sitting next to one and they just haven't discovered it yet. They might not look like it. To live by the unseen means understanding that what is on the inside of a person is more valuable than what's on the outside. I love that. If you just look at the natural man, the physical, just people's obvious abilities, you're going to miss hidden gold within people. You have to take the time to see the hidden gold within people. So when every one of those sons passed by and they weren't the one, they bring David and Samuel looks at him and the Lord says, this is the one. And let me read the scripture to you. It's 1 Samuel 16, verses 12 and 13. So it says, so Jesse sent for him and he was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord says, this is the one, anoint him. So... It's interesting, he anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And Samuel took the flask of olive oil that he had brought, and he anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. And then Samuel returned to Ramah. God saw the spirit man of David, what no one else could see, and he chose him to be the king. You see, when we give God our hearts fully, 
we become able to be used fully. God sees in, inside you what you do not see. Is it possible you do not believe what God has spoken over you? He sees inside of you what others do not see. And God called for you, not for what you can do, but for who you are in your spirit man and in your heart. And no one is disqualified for lack of ability because he makes you able. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says this, his grace is sufficient for you. No matter what you're going to do, no matter what job you have, no matter what you do in life, no matter what circumstance comes your way, grace is sufficient for you. Let your spirit man live from the unseen and you will be unstoppable. That's truth. See what God sees, not what man sees. So the second key of living from the unseen that we learn from David's story is that when God speaks a prophetic word over us or he gives you a promise or he anoints you or he calls you, those words, they do not always manifest themselves in the physical immediately. Surprise, surprise. We already heard that this morning. That it was done in prayer this morning. And um, so David was anointed king. And as far as God was concerned, that young boy was the king. But David was 30 years old before he actually stepped in and became king of both all the tribes of Israel. That was somewhere around 15, at least 15 years from the time God anointed him till the time it actually came to pass. And one might challenge, well, was David king or not? And I believe that God chose David and anointed him as king. And like the scripture we read, and the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. So what lesson do we learn from being able to live from the unseen? It's this, you must live as though you are what God has said you are. You see, you have to live that out. You have to act the part of who you are, whether you are that or not, because God has spoken that over you. If he said you're going to, then step into it and believe it. Begin to see yourself in that realm. Begin to visualize how God could use you in that way. Don't wait for all of that to come to pass. Begin seeing yourself the way that God sees you. And you must never try to make it happen yourself. I want you to know something over the time period from when David as a boy was anointed king till he actually stepped into the throne room as king. He had more than one opportunity where things were put in just the right way that he could have taken King Saul out. And he never took those opportunities. He said, I wouldn't touch God's anointed. He wouldn't do that. And so we can't make things happen. We have, to, we have to wait to see what God is going to do. And it's interesting. David's journey to fulfillment of his anointing was full of war, intrigue, espionage. People actually betrayed him over and over. He was actually hunted like a criminal, accused of trying to kill King Saul. But through that whole journey, 
And it's the same for you on your journey. You have to keep your eyes fixed on him who called you, who spoke over you, who promised you, who gives you everything you need for life and godliness. His journey changed him, and he became more like God. Listen to what God actually says about David. It's in Acts 13, 22. It says this, And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all of my will. He looked at that. So what will you do? Wait on the promises of God? Wait to see the fulfillment of what he said over you and what he's promised you? Or will you try to make it, bring it to pass on your own means? Or will you give up and say, I knew it was never going to happen. It was too good to be true. I mean, we all have different excuses and different things, but David stayed center, moving towards the throne, moving towards the kingdom, and all the while, God is enabling him and filling him with abilities he didn't have. Will you stand strong with full assurance, knowing that our God is faithful? He is so faithful. Will you hunger after the one who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light? Church, it's not about us. It's about him in us. You can't do it on your own. You can't become who he called you to be. It's him moving through you. Will you take every plan the enemy has used against you as an opportunity for God's glory to shine through like David did? You see, we get to choose. Every difficulty gives us an opportunity to choose. Who are we going to be like? What are we going to respond? How are we going to be? Are we going to be who God called us to be? Are we going to be faithful to what he said? Are we going to keep believing? Are we going to walk a walk of faith before him? You see, we're waiting on God to move in our nation. And we're waiting for God to move in our church. And many of you are waiting for God to move in your families in impossible situations. I've heard your stories. I know what you're longing for and what looks like it can't possibly happen. And God is saying to you, if I've spoken to you, it's as good as done. And you need to hold on to that. You need to believe that. And you need to keep moving forward knowing that God is faithful to his people. Use the time to become like David. A person after God's own heart. Live life from the unseen. That place of promise and not a place of circumstance. We live in the circumstances so often. God does not lie. Just because things don't happen like we think doesn't mean it's not going to happen. You actually become more than you understand when you embrace the unseen. Did you know that? You become more than you understand. You get to choose. So the third key that we have from living from the unseen is we must see ourselves how God sees us. We must live 
from the unseen realm of truth, of who we are, you know, those things that he said about us. Maybe you're thinking, God hasn't said anything to me. The Bible's full of scriptures that give you promise of who he is and what he'll do on your behalf. All morning, the thought, I'm crucified with Christ. It's nevertheless not I that lives, but him that lives in me. You're not in the grave. You're not dead anymore. You're raised. You're a new person. Live like that new person. Let go of the old. Let go of the things that hinder you. Let go of those things that will drag you down and try to destroy you. You are who you are because of him in you. David, the shepherd boy who was faithful, attending his father's flock, understand that God saw something his brothers and fathers didn't see. He understood that God valued him. Do you understand that God values you? Seriously, do you understand he values you? See, he didn't live by what his father said about him. He didn't live how his brothers thought about him. He remembered all that God had said about him. And that's how he lived. Do you press into the supernatural realm where God lives? And do you decide that what God has said about you is greater and bigger and higher than the rest of opinions together? I'm sure his brothers thought, why did they bring, why'd they bring him in here? He's just little. He's annoying. Whatever would he see in him, we have no use for him. That's probably what his brothers thought about him. And yet, God saw his heart. Church, guard your heart with all diligence in this season we're in. Guard your heart. The enemy's trying to take you out in every way possible. And we must guard our heart against every thought, plan to destroy us. We must guard our hearts, church. And David guarded his heart. So in, we see how David lived from the unseen, how he saw himself like God saw him in chapter 17 of 1 Samuel. And I challenge you, if you've never read David's story, it is so good. It is such a powerful story. It starts in 1 Samuel 16. If you just start there and just keep reading till the end of his story, you'll get it all. I love his story. There's so much to learn from him. So David is sent by his dad to go to the battlefield. There's a war going on. It's an amazing battle scene. On this mountain or hill, different translations say each of that, sits one nation. And on this mountain or hill sits another nation. The problem is this nation over here, the Philistines have a secret weapon. They have a giant over nine feet tall. And he's dressed in battle array. And it's the strangest battle I've ever heard of for 40 days. The giant comes out. All the armies come together and face each other. And the giant says, this is the way it's going to run. Anybody from your team? Anybody. Doesn't matter who. Anybody. You come and you fight me. And you win. We'll all serve you. But you fight me and I win. You all serve me. And all of Israel's army would begin shaking and running away. And this happened for 40 days, church. That's a long time. 
40 days every day, the same old. That would be annoying. Anyway, it, so this is happening. And so David's sent by his dad to take supplies to his brothers. So he comes with cheese and bread and different things. And, and it's just about the time of the day when the two armies come together and face each other. And so David comes into the scene and, and he sees all the ruckus and he sees what's going on. And, and he starts asking questions. What's going on here? And, and what, what's happening? And they're telling him about this giant that says, if you, you fight me, you can win everything. And David asks more and more questions. And his brothers get annoyed. And David says something very interesting to his brothers. He said, he said is there not a cause? Have not they, this giant, defied God? Has not this giant defied the armies of Israel? Is there not a cause? And David sees something the entire army can't see. He sees the living God and the ability you have with the living God. And he says, I'll fight. I'll do it. I'll go out there. And the king is desperate. Let's get this over with. Send him out. Okay. And he won't take the armor because he can't move in it. And so David goes out there with an interesting array of armor. He takes a stick. His stick, his staff from the fields. And he takes his sling, which I must tell you, from what I've read, a lot of Israelite army people could take out things with a sling. Like they were powerful with slings, so just so you know. And David did take out bears and lions with his sling. So he has a sling. So he has a staff and he has a sling. And he picks up five stones at the water. And he puts them in a pouch that he's carrying. And he goes out to face the giant. Because he sees things from the unseen. And he sees what God can do with one man whose heart is turned to him. And he says yes to God. And so he looks at that giant and he's not intimidated at all because he sees how great God is. And church, when we look at our nation and we see what's happening in our land and you start feeling tied up in knots over what's happening, you need to look up at who we serve. And you need to see the same thing that David saw when he saw the giant out there. You need to see the God of the impossible who can do what he said he'll do. And so he goes out to this battlefield. And it's amazing as he comes out. Here's an army here on the hill and this. And he comes into this valley where this giant is. And he's heading towards the giant. And the giant's like, are you kidding me? You send me a boy with a stick? Am I a dog that you send me a boy with a stick to fight? What kind of person are you? And he says, then he gets mad. And he begins to call down curses on David from his God. And he speaks over him. And he tries to intimidate David. And he says, little boy, he said, the birds of the air are going to eat the flesh of your body in just a few minutes. 
That's what's going to happen. And David doesn't back off. Scripture says David runs towards Goliath, which is amazing. And this is what he says. It's in 1 Samuel 17, 45. It says, David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword. Because this guy had every armor possible of the day and age. You have a sword, a spear, and a javelin. He says, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And then verse 46, he says this. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you. He did not even have a weapon with him. Okay, I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day, I will give the carcass of the camp, not just you, the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And then verse 47, then all this assembly, you know those ones that were standing there and ran away? He said, then this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with a sword or spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. And he ran out there, and he took one rock out of his pocket, and he put it in his sling, and he... And he let go, and that one stone hit the one spot that was available on his head. And he went flat onto the ground. And then David ran for him. He didn't have a weapon. He pulled the sword out of his deal. And he cuts off his head. And in that moment, it's amazing. The whole crowd comes running into the battle. At that moment, and there's a war that breaks out, and they chase the Philistines, and they win that battle. Because David saw from the unseen. He saw what no other man could see. He saw beyond what was physical and the circumstances surround him. And he believed in the God that he had been with in the fields, the one that helped him take down a bear, the one that helped him take down a lion. He saw the God who was with him, who had anointed his his king. And he thought, this guy's threatening the kingdom God promised me. So I'm taking him out so that the kingdom can come that he already gave gave me. And so here he was and he went out and they, he declared into the atmosphere the results before the battle. How about if we begin instead of the woes of how we're feeling, the woes of our circumstance, we begin to declare into the atmosphere the finished results of what God is going to do in our behalf. You need healing? Trust me, I had I had a spot on my nose that I began praying and believing God for. I said, God, thank you that you're the healer. I just think, oh, it's better. It's better. It's getting better every day. I thank you that you're my healer. I thank you. And I continue that on. And it's gone. There's nothing there. God is faithful because he's the healer. Begin declaring into the atmosphere before you see the results. What God has declared over you. If his word says, I'm the healer then why can't you declare that he's your healer? If it says he's the provider, why can't you declare that you have financial breakthrough because he's the one that makes you able? If you have needs in your heart, 
Why can't you begin declaring, my heart is whole. I am well because of Jesus. I am a new creation and Jesus made me well. We need to be again declaring into that atmosphere. And I encourage you to say it out loud. David didn't go out on the battlefield and go, I'm going to take your head off. He declared it over into the atmosphere what his plans were and what he was going to do. And how did David, he couldn't have been more than probably 15, 16, 17 years old. How did he do what no other grown man would do? It doesn't happen except for God in us. And church, God is looking for a people who have God in them enough to believe on behalf of this nation. When we, the church, begin to believe for our nation, we stand together, we declare into the atmosphere that all darkness has to flee, that God is the Lord of America, that we come against every drug abuse, we come against every pornography, we stand against sexual abuse, we stand against people taking people's children. We stand against heresy and, and cursing against God. We stand together as a church on, and we declare into the atmosphere, the United States of America is the kingdom of God. Let it come. Let it come. We will see victory like he saw victory. We have to start seeing our situations from the unseen. We have to live from the unseen to see the reality of the seen happen. We have to believe for what God is going to do. It's an amazing thing. Um, I read a quote. I know you're going to think I just only quote Bill Johnson, but it, he, he said this. We always release the nature of the world we are most aware of into the world around us. So whatever is the most prominent in your thoughts, that's what you're going to release into the atmosphere. So fill yourself with what the truth of the scripture says. Fill your hearts and let it come out of your mouths. Because what's the most real to you is what will come out. Verse 50 of 1 Samuel says this. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone. For he had no sword. Isn't that amazing? And God is calling you to live from the unseen, to arise to the battlefields before you. And there are many. Even this morning I heard of one. There's many battlefields you're facing. Many impossibilities. I'm telling you, a 17-year-old against a seasoned giant, nine feet, over nine feet tall, Dressed in battle. Oh, I forgot to tell you, he had an armor bearer in front of him, too. He was well covered. Um, You see how difficult that would have been. And God sees the difficulty of the situations you're in. And he knows individually the situations you're in. And he knows what you need. And he wants you to step into an arena of the unseen and believe his word. Won't you stand with me? I want to read a couple scriptures as we close. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory 
in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. And this morning the Lord spoke to me and he said, you're a weapon in the Lord's hand. And I'm like, a weapon in the Lord's hand? Don't know that scripture. So I went looking and I never found one. Then I asked my living commentator person and he goes, no, that's not a scripture. And I came to the church and I'm like, God, I need you to speak to me. And I heard that phrase again. So I went to Google and I said, is there a scripture about being a weapon in the Lord's hand? And I turned to Jeremiah 51:20. Listen to this. You are my battle axe and weapons of war. For with you, I will break the nation in pieces. With you, I will destroy kingdoms. God has so much for us, church. So much for us. We're, we're on the edge. Even yesterday, God spoke to me in my journaling about what he's doing in this place, in this house, and what we're going to see. And I'm choosing to believe the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I'm pressing in for more. I'm looking for instantaneous healings. I'm, I'm looking for his manifest presence. I'm looking for solutions where there are no solutions. I'm looking to a great God who has incredible gifts for his church. So, Lord, we stand before you. We humble ourselves and we say, forgive us for how many times we whine and complain and don't look to you for the answer. I ask you to forgive us, Lord, for how many times we don't by faith believe what you actually say about us. More than conquerors. Church, you're more than conquerors. God says He's given you power to live the life He's called you to live. God, forgive us that we don't look at the circumstances from the unseen, but we just see the circumstances. Let your glory. And your kingdom be higher than the circumstances of our life. And let us have hearts for you like David did. Let us long after you. Oh God, that we might truly know you. The one true God, the invisible, immortal, all-wise God. The King of glory. So with what I just preached, I want you to put in your hand the circumstance you're dealing with. Just put it, pretend to put it in there. You know, like by faith, you're putting that in there. I'm putting my grandson Alex in my hand. He goes to court tomorrow. I'm looking for God to do the impossible. So Lord, we're lifting up those unseen realms, those impossibilities that doesn't seem like there's any answer to them. We're lifting up sickness and disease. We're lifting up children that are in rebellion. We're lifting up debts that we can't pay. We're, we're lifting up estrangements 
we're family. We're looking up. We're, we're lifting up, God, court cases. We're lifting up our nation. We're lifting our church. We're lifting up our worship team. All those circumstances, we're lifting them up to you. And we're looking at them with unseen, through the eyes of the unseen in the spirit realm. And we're seeing that you're sending angels on assignment. That you're working in every one of those circumstances. That you're tearing down strongholds. You're taking a stand against the power of darkness in lives. You're booting out the enemy. You're destroying the works of darkness that are trying to come against us. And the light of your presence, the light of your glory is flooding us right now. And you are opening doors that have been bolted shut against us. And you're kicking them down and the light of your presence is flowing in through those doors. I see the doors being kicked down and the light of his glory shining through. And your circumstance is before him. And he's saying, I am willing. I am able. Step in and believe me. And I thank you, Lord, for answers to prayer all across this room. The incredible answers will be testified because we stood in your presence like David did and we faced the enemy and we took off his head. In Jesus' name, amen. Michael. Put your hand in your heart this morning. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Go in his grace today.